opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned in to The Mark Harrington Show, sponsored by Created Equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win. You don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. It does come out in one piece. It comes out in one piece. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. And now, here's Mark. Well, I can tell you one thing. It's been a bad week to be pro-abortion in America. That's right. If you are pro-abortion, if you support abortion, this has been a really, really bad week for you. Uh, if you live in America because of what's going on on the abortion front. You're listening to your radio activist, Mark Harrington, here. Uh, you can go to markharrington.org to find out more about my radio program. And you can check us out all over the Internet on our social media sites on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, if you choose. And also coming to you over the air here on Salem radio stations in the Midwest. Again, my name is Mark Carrington, your radio activist. I'm also the president and founder of Created Equal, uh, the pro-life organization based out of Columbus, Ohio. And as I said, it's been a bad week to be pro-abortion in America, and there have been some serious losers this week, some real losers. And I want to talk about those today. And uh, first of all, the, the biggest loser of the week is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the U.S. Supreme Court Justice. Justice Ginsburg was part of a, a seven to two decision. She was uh, in the dissent. She was in the uh, losing side uh, and a decision that dealt with the, the humane disposal of fetal remains from abortion, abortion centers in a seven to two decision handed by, down by the U.S. Supreme Court this week. Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, came out and she said in response to Justice Clarence Thomas, who said that uh, called women who are pregnant and thinking about abortion as mothers. He used the term mothers to refer to them. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg took offense to that and said that um, she said they're not mothers. <laughs> she, let me read the quote. It says, a woman who exercises her constitutionally protected right to terminate a pregnancy is not a mother, she wrote. Uh, she said, Justice Thomas showed more heat than light. You know, you love the euphemisms, don't we? Constitutionally protected right to terminate a pregnancy. Uh, a woman who is pregnant and thinking about killing her baby is not a mother. Now, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's been around a long, 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 long time. In fact, I've been sending her retirement brochures for decades hoping that someday she'd take me up on my offer and end up in, you know, South Beach in Miami or somewhere in Florida or something and, and just call it, call it off, call it off. But she keeps hanging around. I can tell you what, you know, it's, it reminds me of the, the movie way back when, this is going to date myself a little bit, called Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's, a comedy. It was about this guy, Bernie, who dies and they prop him up and drag him around all over the place and uh, make it sound like or make it look like He's alive. 
And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Weekend of Bernie's in that uh, she's been kind of hanging around for a long time, obviously, and she's uh, well into her 80s and she's been uh, struggling with cancer and so forth. And I don't want to be unkind here, obviously. You know, we need to be praying for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We need to, to be hoping for the best when it comes to her health. I'm not trying to disparage her at all or put her down. I'm just saying, I think the time, uh, Ms. Ginsburg, it's time, Justice Ginsburg, to retire. It's time to retire. When you can't figure it out, when you don't know that a woman who's pregnant is a mother, then maybe you shouldn't be sitting on the highest court in America. Maybe you shouldn't be making decisions for over 300 million people. When you can't figure out that a mother becomes a mother at conception, then maybe you shouldn't be making these decisions for other people. But this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the losers this week. She was on the other side, on the wrong side of a 7-2 decision that was handed down by the U.S. Supreme Court this week that basically said that it's constitutional that uh, states like Indiana uh, can dispose, humanely dispose of fetal remains uh, from abortion clinics. You know, when you think about that just on the surface, it's like, why, why are we even, why does it even have to be a question of whether it's constitutional or not? I mean, we, we're not allowed to dispose of uh, aborted babies or, or dead people humanely. Why, why does that even rise up to a question of whether it's constitutional or not? It's absolutely absurd. It's because the abortion industry will ever, never, ever give any ground when it comes to this issue on abortion. They are 100% in uh, up until the time of, pre uh, of delivery, even afterwards, and they want it paid for by tax dollars, and they don't want the babies even treated humanely. They can be thrown in a dumpster. Uh, they can be thrown in a landfill. They can be burned up like common garbage. Uh, they just won't give any ground, and that's but they lost on this one, seven to two, and I'm going to talk about that later in the program because I think, I think this is a a a, a an issue, a decision, or what's happening in the state legislatures across the country when it comes to the humane disposal of aborted babies. That's a lot bigger than the uh, media attention it's getting. I can tell you this: Planned Parenthood's freaking out about it. Uh, it, it you know, it's not getting the press that these abortion bans are getting. It's not getting the press that the heartbeat bill's getting. It's not getting the pe the press that these late term abortion uh, bills like in New York and Vermont and and Virginia and stuff are getting, but it's that quiet. You know that these bills are going through the legislature. They're getting signed into law. We have one here in Ohio um, also that uh, is about ready to hopefully be signed by the governor here soon. And I think it has a big a big impact on the abortion issue. But anyway, I'll get into that a little later. So the first loser this week is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who can't figure out that once you're pregnant, you are a mother. Uh, she can't, couldn't figure it out. The second loser this week is Planned Parenthood and Leanna Wen, the current CEO and president of Planned Parenthood. And why do I say that? Why do I say that? Well, here's why. Because Planned Parenthood are closing abortion mills all across America. Uh, we have this right now, possibly as early as Friday, that is the 31st of May, the uh, the final, the last, the final remaining uh, abortion center in the state of Missouri 
could be closing, and it's a Planned Parenthood facility. And why? Because they simply cannot meet the standards of a, a normal healthcare facility. Uh, and they've been, you know, playing, uh, trying to stay open for, for over a year now. Uh, and it's time, the time is up on Planned Parenthood in St. Louis. It may be the, uh, the final abortion mills in that state that might be closing, which would, folks, make Missouri the first abortion-free state in America. Now, if this happens, which I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not holding my breath because I, I've seen this happen before, you know, Planned Parenthood gets all lawyered up and then they figure out a way to appeal this to some court somewhere. And then here we are, you know, years later, still fighting this legal battle. But there is a chance that they will be closing the final abortion mill in Missouri, there in St. Louis, which would make Missouri the first abortion-free state in America. Now, that's a big deal if it happens. Since 1973, there has never been a state that is completely abortion-free when it comes to surgical abortion. Missouri would be the first. And I think with that happening, that will bring that will be like a the domino effect. We're going to see more and more states like it, uh, abortion-free. Uh, there are several right now, up to I think seven that don't that only have one abortion uh, surgical abortion center now. Uh, they'll be the next. Uh, you know, you don't have to ban abortion to have a state to be free of abortion. Uh, you just have to close them down, right? And for those of you out there that don't think regulations work, that regulationism, as some people put it, works, well, it's working in Missouri. <laughs> if you live in Missouri after this Friday, you may not be able to get an abortion. That's an abortion-free state, folks. That's surgical abortions. You can't get one there. Uh, that's like banning abortion. I mean, what's the difference? Close all the abortion mills or ban abortion outright. Of course, you want to eventually pass a law to make it illegal so they don't pop up again. But Missouri might be the first abortion-free state in America. This is a big deal. So Planned Parenthood's a loser there in Missouri. Uh, and again, they may be the first abortion-free state in the country. The other loser is this Leanna Wen, who's now had replaced Cecile Rip Richards as the CEO and president of Planned Parenthood. And why is she a loser? Well, first of all, she's a loser because she works for Planned Parenthood, this genocidal uh, you know, child-killing organization in America. She's the biggest child killer. That, I mean, that makes her a loser. But she's a loser because she's a liar. Uh, and I, I guess it goes with the territory, right? I mean, if you work for Planned Parenthood, you are a liar. I mean, they, the two go together, right? You can't work for a child-killing organization and not be a liar. I mean, if you're going to kill children, you're going to probably lie. You might do a lot of other things that are unethical or immoral. So the idea that the CEO uh, and president of Planned Parenthood is a liar isn't big news. However, she got busted this week because she came on uh, this program on MSNBC and she said that there were thousands of women who died prior to 1970 by, 1973 by illegal abortions, which is a lie. Uh, and she's said this repeatedly. If you would, Mr. Bruiser, go ahead and play that clip. Very dangerous time for women's health in our country. Before Roe vs. Wade, thousands of people died every year because they didn't have access to safe legal abortion. 
Wrong. Bam. Go ahead and stop it there. Okay, this isn't the first time that Leah went, Leanna Wen has lied about this whole idea of women dying prior to Roe versus Wade by illegal abortions. This isn't new. She said it before. Let me just read a couple of quotes here. This is March 6th of 2019 this year. Uh, we face a real situation where Roe, if Roe were overturned, uh, we know what will happen, which is that women will die. Thousands of women died every year pre-Roe. Uh, Leanna Wynn, you're uh, wrong and you're a liar. Uh, she also said on uh, April 24th of 2019, before Roe versus Wade, thousands of women died every year. Wrong, Leanna Wynn. Wrong. You're a liar. And because of extreme attacks on safe legal abortion, this could happen again right here in America. Uh, nuh -uh. Wrong. Uh, again, here on May 22nd, we're not going to go back in time, uh, go back in time to a time before Roe v. Wade when thousands of women died every year. Uh, Leo, Leanna Wen, um, you're wrong and you're a liar. And she got busted, believe it or not, by the Washington Post of all people. Of all the news outlets, the Washington Post, that filthy rag in Washington, D.C., that uh, the fake news, as Donald Trump would say, pseudo news. Washington Post gave her four Pinocchios as part of their fact checker. I mean, believe it or not, even the Washington Post uh, gets it right every once in a while. And they got it right when it came to this idea of women dying prior to Roe versus Wade. Uh, Leanna Wen is a, a liar. And uh, that goes with the territory, of course, if you work for Planned Parenthood. She's the chief liar. But so Planned Parenthood's a loser this week, along with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's a loser. Uh, Planned Parenthood's a loser. Leanna Wen's a loser. They're all losers because they're on, they're kill babies. They support killing babies, right? So Leanna Wen was wrong about that. By the way, let me just say uh, this idea that thousands of women were dying prior to abortion. Let me read something. This is, I, I looked this up today. Mary Calderon was the president of Planned Parenthood in the 1960s. This was prior to, in uh, 1959, this was prior to the legalization of abortion. And she wrote this, quote, abortion is no longer a dangerous procedure. Of course, it's dangerous for the baby, kills the baby. Uh, this, this applies not just to the therapeutic abortions as performed in hospitals, but also so-called illegal abortions as done by physicians. In 19, she writes, in 1957, there were only 260 deaths in the whole country attributed to abortions of any kind. Uh, 260. Uh, Leah Wynn, you're off by a couple thousand there. Uh, I'm not sure that matters to you because you're the chief liar for Planned Parenthood. But anyway, she said 1957, 260 deaths uh, in the whole country were attributed to, abor uh, to abortions of any kind, legal or illegal. In New York City in 1921, there were 144 abortion deaths. In 1951, there, are, there were only 15. This is the Planned Parenthood director, uh, Mary Calderon, writing in 1959. She also said this. At the time, the medical director, uh, she said, oh, the reason that this is that they are low is because of the advent of antibiotics like penicillin. So women were dying by abortions, illegal abortions, because they weren't getting infections because of penicillin and other antibiotics. So Liana Wen is wrong and she's a liar. Now, finally, the last uh, loser is the Roe versus Wade itself. 
which I think we are now seeing the U.S. Supreme Court being willing to possibly take up a case to review Rose, Roe versus Wade. Now, why do I say that? Why do I say that? But here's why. Because the U.S. Supreme Court is, is about settling disputes between lower courts. That's what they do. So when we have, for example, a lower court possibly uh, saying that a heartbeat bill is constitutional in a certain circuit in America, and then we have another court, another circuit court in another part of America saying a heartbeat bill is, is, const or is not constitutional, you're going to have the conflict. And I think eventually we're going to have an abortion ban, maybe it's a heartbeat bill or something like that, upheld by a circuit court, by a lower court. And then you're also going to have a heartbeat bill or an abortion bill or some type of bill uh, being struck down in a lower court. And that sets up the dispute between those lower courts. And that's when uh, the U.S. Supreme Court gets involved. That's when they will hear a case. And so we are looking at the possibility with all these abortion bans being passed, now nine heartbeat bills have been passed in state legislatures. We are now setting up for this possibility that some will be considered constitutional, others won't, and that'll send it up to the U.S. Supreme Court and they will have to uh, resolve that dispute and possibly reverse or at least review Roe versus Wade. Now, if Donald Trump gets elected again, reelected, puts another justice on the U.S. Supreme Court or two, hopefully Ruth Bader Ginsburg will retire before then. But if not, she retires afterwards. We could get up to six justices that could possibly be anti-Roe. Uh, I'd like to see seven. I think a seven to two decision is, is more than likely, maybe a six, three. I don't think a five, four. I don't think John Roberts is going to accept a five, four decision on Roe v. Wade. Just because I think he needs he, he needs what he calls a supermajority to overturn such a precedent like Roe v. Wade. So Roe v. Wade is a loser this week as well, because I think we are just seeing the beginnings of that setting the table, the foundation for this decision to be reviewed by the U.S. Supreme Court because of all of what's going on in the states right now. So. Uh, those are the th three losers, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Planned Parenthood, and Leah Wen, Leanna Wen, and Roe versus Wade. Now, in the final minutes, I want to talk about this decision of the U.S. Supreme Court that upheld the Indiana law that allows for or mandates abortion mills to humanely dispose of aborted fetal um, remains. Now, a lot of people don't pay a whole lot of attention to this. I do. You know why? Because I think it's huge. While the entire country and the pro-life movement and the pro-choicers pro are out there freaking out over, and we're all thinking about these abortion bans that are happening across the country, this one kind of came under the radar, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court, which means the Indiana law is now in effect. What does this mean? The humane disposal of aborted fetal remains basically requires abortion mills to either cremate or not cremate or bury aborted babies. Now, a couple of things on that. Think about the cost, additional cost that it will, it will uh, make uh, put on an abortion. And you have to inform the mother which type of uh, service, if you will, you would uh, she would uh, uh, prefer. So that's number one. That's going to add uh, layers, impediments to getting an abortion. 
But more importantly, it takes it out of the hands of these medical waste companies and puts it in the hands of funeral homes. Now think about this. Funeral homes are now going to be doing the business of uh, humanely disposing of fetal remains and not medical waste companies. Uh, this is what I call the classic pincer move. Classic pincer move. And a pincer move is basically when you have an enemy, for an example, if you would, Mr. Producer, you got the pincer move. Move up to the, uh, show the, um, the, the graphic there. A pincer move, it's pretty simple to figure out. It's a military move where a unit or units attack an enemy at all flanks or at least two flanks. So from both sides. And that's what's happening here. This is a classic military pincer move being done by the pro-life movement. On the one hand, groups like ourselves with Project Weak Link are pressuring medical waste companies like Stericycle to pull their support, to sever their contracts and their agreements with abortion centers. They're the ones who dispose of abortion uh, fetal remains right now. Stericycle and other of these medical waste, these biohazardous waste companies that dispose of them. They are being pressured by Project Week Link. We were just up in Chicago last week uh, picketing the uh, Lake Forest headquarters, the national headquarters of Stericycle. The reason for that is we want medical waste companies to pull their support and dump Planned Parenthood in the abortion cartel. And if they do, then that takes away one option for disposing aborted babies. And here's the bottom line. Abortion clinics can't kill babies if they can't dispose of them. What are they going to do? Put them down the sinks again, have bonfires, throw them in the dumpster. If they do, they'll get caught for that and be put out of business by the state. So if you pressure the medical waste companies on one side, one of the pincer moves right there, and you close that loophole and force abortion mills to use funeral homes to uh, cremate or bury aborted fetal remains, you basically are pressuring them from both sides. And you can squeeze these abortion clinics out of business. Now, we are for the humane, as long as abortion is legal, as long as it's decriminalized, better said, uh, we are for the humane disposal of these fetal remains. Why? Because they're human beings and they deserve that because they're made in the image of God. They're created in the image of God. They're image bearers, right, of God. They deserve a decent and humane burial because they're part of the human family. So we, we are doing, we are trying to pass these laws because we believe they should be treated humanely. However, it's going to have the effect of adding additional impediments and layers, obstacles in the way of abortion clinics because abortion clinics don't want to abide by the law. They don't want to humanely dispose of babies. They want to throw them in landfills or whatever. You're going to require funeral homes to now do that business. Uh, I don't think many funeral homes are going to want anything to do with it. Uh, if I were a funeral director, that's not what I, funeral home director, that's not what I'd want to be doing. <laughs> I would not want to be uh, cremating or burying aborted babies. That's for sure. So here you have this classic military pincer move. On the one hand, medical waste companies are being pressured uh, and to, to cease enabling abortion centers and they stop their business, which forces abortion clinics to find some other way to dispose of them. And on the other hand, the state legislature passing laws 
making it so that you have to be, uh, you can no longer incinerate the uh, fetal remains by throwing them in, in landfills or what have you. You have to uh, cremate them or bury them. And this creates that pincer move I'm talking about. And I think this is a big, big deal what's happening with these fetal remains, humane disposal laws. So keep your eyes on that. We have one right now in the state of Ohio. It's SB 27. It's passed the Ohio Senate. Uh, it's hopefully going to be moving over to the Ohio House and hopefully be signed into law fairly soon by Michael DeWine, our governor here in Ohio. So these bills are happening across the country. And like I say, they're going to have a big impact on abortion. Finally, in the last minute here, I want to exhort you, if you want to get in the game, you want to get in the fight, you want to get in the battle over abortion, then you want to join us for the day of action. The day of action is July 16 and 17, right here in Columbus, Ohio, the heart of it all. If you're in the surrounding states like Michigan or Indiana, Kentucky, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, or whatever, come to Ohio. July 16 and 17, we'll have a day of action. The night before, we'll train you on pro-life apologetics, then we'll take you out on the street for a full day of activism. Again, July 16 and 17, come to Columbus for the day of action. You can go to createdequal.org forward slash day of action, createdequal.org forward slash day of action for more information if you want to get uh, involved in that. Uh, we'll see you next time. This is Mark Harrington signing off. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to glass God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808, 614-269-7808, or go online to createdequal.net, createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.